0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fanalized Sports Podcast. As always, I got my co-host, Alex. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. You know, another week of football.
0: Here we go. That's all we need. Um, we canceled. also got a great guest today from the 440 Sports Podcast. We have Will. How are you doing, Will? Great, man. Blessed to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, no problem. So today we're going to be going through uh, rookies from every position. We're going to be listing who we think will have the best career out of everybody in that class. So uh, let's get straight into it. First up, we have the quarterback position. Uh, Let me start it off with Alex. Give me three rookies. Who do you think is going to be the best from this class?
1: Um, Right now I have it as almost like a tie, I guess, between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I think Herbert has a lot more big play potential with the cannon of his arm, but Burrow has just consistency all over. Uh, He makes pretty good throws, but he doesn't really wow you with anything. And then if I had to throw someone in there, I'm not going to go with Tua yet just because I'm pretty nervous about that hip and just someone coming in with an injury problem. So I'm probably going to go with Jordan Love. I think with uh, – Matt LaFleur and his arm strength and the mobility, just a lot of people already compared him to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to have a pretty good career in Green Bay.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely think Herbert. I think it's definitely between Herbert and Burrow, I guess, probably because we've seen both of them play. But uh, I think – I honestly think Herbert has the edge over Burrow. Uh, I think his situation's better. And uh, I love his arm. I mean, I know – Arm strength isn't, like, a huge factor for a quarterback, uh, but it's always a plus. And I think he – I mean, if I have to harp on Burrow a little bit, I think Burrow's pocket awareness is a little average. Like, obviously, his offensive line is terrible. He's taken 22 sacks. But there's definitely – I would say five or six of them were on him because I've seen where he tries to – you know, do you see that spin move on the Browns? slam like he does
0: stuff yeah like he that. tries to do too much yeah yeah I would 100% agree with that I would go Justin Herbert by a mile I mean he's listed a 6'6 six, six, listed a 6'6 six, six. I'd be listed as 7'1 on those but uh good size he can move he showed a lot during that Saints game that I was impressed with he throws a really nice ball and like you said Burrow tries to do too much I will say not only the O-line but I'm not a huge fan of Zach Taylor's I don't know why i I'm just not a huge fan of him. Maybe you guys see it differently. I don't think he's I,
1: the guy in Cincinnati either, to be honest, so I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, but I like that you brought up Jordan Love. I mean, playing behind Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay system, they they didn't make Aaron Rodgers, but they certainly helped <laughs> yeah. him playing behind Brett Favre. That's like the quarterback hierarchy right there, so I love that option. Um, yeah. Moving on, though, we're going to have running backs here. Let me start it off with Alex. What do you think for the running back spot?
1: Okay, so for this one, I'm going to have to show a little bit of my Ohio State bias here. J.K. Dobbins, he's a great player, but then I feel like the system fits him even better in Baltimore. His ability to run and catch, we he showed at Ohio State that he was also not a liability in pass protection, so I feel like he's a really complete back and he's a really good complement to what Lamar Jackson is going to try to do. I think Mark Ingram is going to be on his way out soon. Um, Another running back I'm looking at is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he had that drop in week one against the Bears. I think he's really versatile. He's another pretty complete back, in my opinion. He's really good in the receiving game, and he's pretty solid in the running game. And then for my final running back, I don't know. I I think um, for me, this is kind of a sleeper pick. I'm going to go with LaMichael Pirine on the New York Jets. Now that Le'Veon Bell's out of there and Frank Gore is out of there, he's a really powerful runner um he showed a lot of stuff at florida and i think if they can you know get the power run game going i think Le'Veon bell is a little too fancy in the backfield for what adam Gase is trying to do uh but you know p run just a classic power back that can you know get those hard-earned yards i'm not saying he's gonna have an amazing career but i think he could be a good back for the jets well i
0: don't, I don't think it's too much about what adam Gase is doing i mean his ass is out of there yeah. hopefully by two weeks but uh yeah. well what's your list here
2: yeah. So I went with Clyde at one. Um, it's, he's been, he's honestly, his stats aren't really as, as we expected, but when you, if you watch him play, like he looks really good. Uh, and I, obviously the chiefs is a great offense and a great situation, even if they're going to lean on Mahomes more. Um, but I don't think the game script has really been in his uh, favor at the beginning, like with the Raiders last week where he's getting 10 touches. Um, like where he had 25 for 138 against the Texans, I think we could see how good he can be. Uh, and even though Le'Veon's there, um, I still think Clyde's going to get a lot of work, uh, even if Levion's going to eat into it a lot. Um, and he's, very, he's a very underrated pass catcher, and he's, getting, he's been getting more and more involved every week. Uh, and I actually did have J.K. Dobbins at two because I think that system, obviously, being a run-heavy team is going to be great for him. Um, Ingram, yeah, Ingram's going to be on his way out soon. I agree. But from what we've seen from Dobbins, like his yards per carry, I don't have the stat, but it's been really good. Um, He can be a pass catcher too. Um, And yeah, I just, I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, And then I I couldn't decide between Taylor, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift at three, because I think Taylor has been a little underwhelming. I'm a Colts fan, but I think he'll turn it around. I think he's kind of a good buy-low candidate for fantasy right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he's looked a little underwhelming, but he's going to get straightened out. Uh, our O-line has not been playing as well as they could have, but yeah, we're still a top, o, top five O-line in the league. Uh, but Swift, I think, once Matt Patricia gets out of there, uh, Swift is going to be a lot better because I think, like, Patricia right now is using Adrian Peterson a lot because – he knows he's on the hot seat. He knows uh, Peterson gives him the best chance of winning. He doesn't need to waste his time, like, easing Swift into it and seeing what he has in him because he wants to win now. But I think Swift will definitely be really good when Patricia leaves.
0: Interesting. Uh, I like that you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. A-, a little bit underwhelming, but I think he's definitely the future for the Indianapolis Colts, and then he's going to be a great back. Um, one guy that I want to mention is A.J. Dillon. The dude, has, the dude could be Saquon Barkley the net Saquon Barkley. He's got the quads of him. He's got that power, and he's still got good speed for a guy of his size. I love A.J. Dillon. Uh, he's sitting behind Aaron Jones. He's sitting behind a pretty crowded backfield there in Green Bay, but I think once he gets his opportunity in a year or two here, uh, I think he's going to be an, a phenomenal back,
1: you know? Yeah, and before we before we move on, I just want to touch real quick on why I didn't mention a lair. I think once Le'Veon Bell gets into this offense, I, I don't want to just immediately throw him out of the way, but I feel like Le'Veon Bell's can going to return to his uh, Steelers form. You know, yeah. that's that's a better offensive line, a way better offensive line than what the, uh, the Jets showed. So he's going to be able to do that thing, you know, just practically stand still behind the offensive line, wait for a hole to open up, and then go. And, you know, once he finally is able to, you know, get that patience back where he doesn't be, have to, you know – Jump cut, oh, God, I got to get out of here before the defense closes in around me. He's going to return to superstardom. So that's why I kind of left Cutters to the air loud. That's just my personal belief on what's going to happen in KC.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Le'Veon Bell is going to get that back. Now, he is 31 years old, so I'm not sure if he'll have quite the production. I truly do believe that he's lost a little bit of a step. But you're right about the patience. He didn't have that privilege to just sit back there and wait all day for a hole to develop like he did in Pittsburgh. Um, I yeah. like Edward Ziller. We had the size. He's like five foot seven. There was a lot of um, criticism before the season there. I think that's no problem. And like you said, as a pass catcher, I love him even more. Uh, but moving on here, we're going to go to the wide receivers. Uh, let me start this off with Will. What's your list here?
2: So I'm going to put Chase Claypool at one. I think he's looked insane. Um, I think for now, like, his stats are going to be a little wavy just because they have so many options there um, with Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Eric Ebron, even. So, I mean, his stats for now are going to be a little spread out. You don't really know what you're going to get from him, I think. Um, but in the future, I think that – I mean, he's just looked so good in his size. Um, obviously, I think from week one right out of the bat, we could tell uh, Roethlisberger is going to be trusting him all year. And then for two, I had C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb, I mean, it's been there. I think he's got a little uh, plus because he's the wide receiver three, kind of, in that offense. Um, and obviously being on such a great offense and having Dak Prescott is, is a plus. Um, but, I mean, he, like, I've seen so many plays uh, plays of him where he just looks like a veteran receiver. Like Like, he'll run like a curl and he'll, like, settle in the right spot. So I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and then I couldn't decide between Jerry Judy and T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is going to be a really good piece in the Bengals' offense. Um, I think as A.J. Green regresses a little bit, uh, T.'s been getting his targets. He's looked pretty good. Uh, Burroughs, obviously, a good quarterback. And I think if the Bengals can fix their offensive line uh, in a year or two, then the Bengals could have a top-10 offense.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you said there. I'm going to jump in really quick because I know that Alex is going to steal one of my guys. Uh, Number one for me is absolutely CeeDee Lamb. I'm a little bit of an Oklahoma guy, so a little bit of bias, but I 100% uh, uh, truly believe that he is the next DeAndre Hopkins in the NFL. We don't see CeeDee Lamb's every year. Uh, So he's extremely special. And then number two, I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs of the Raiders. He showed – the Raiders showed against the Chiefs that when they throw deep, when Derek Carr winds up, and shucks the ball downfield. They are a dangerous, dangerous team, and that's Henry Ruggs for you. He showed that he's not just another John Ross guy who can't catch the ball to save his life and only SP. Like, Henry Ruggs is legit. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill or anything, but he's a legit receiver. And number three, Chase Claypool, there's nothing really that – there's nothing that you see about him where you're like, okay, I don't like this. He's just a perfect receiver in my mind. He's what you imagine – in your wide receiver. That's my list. Alex, on to you. Uh,
1: I think I'm gonna go with the obvious pick here. It's definitely gonna be C.D. Lamb, number one. Uh, I, I like the comparison to DeAndre Hopkins. He has almost sneaky speed, in my opinion, where it doesn't look like he's moving really fast, but you know, he's blazing by guys. Uh, I'm not gonna go the Henry Ruggs route. Um, it's pretty obvious, but I, I'll do it for the sake of being different. I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson at number two. He is an amazing route runner, in my opinion. His hands are, you know, he they're, they're, they're he's great at catching the ball. It's his job. Uh, but he also has really nice speed as well. I think the Minnesota offense really is uh, – they, they're not dropping too much with getting rid of Stephon Diggs. I think Justin Jefferson has a really bright future there if they can get a different quarterback in place. And then for number three, uh, I'm going to have to go with T. Higgins as well. Um you know him and Joe Burrow seem to have a really good connection early on and I think once you get guys like John Ross and AJ Green out of there who are just taking away snaps from him in my opinion and you know it's just him and Tyler Boyd I think Joe Burrow is going to be immensely more comfortable than what he has been with all these different guys coming out there and uh yeah I mean he he looked amazing he's able to catch the ball he's elusive in the open field so yeah
0: Yeah, I like what you said about CeeDee Lamb. I also think he's sneaky strong and hard to bring down. Like you saw that in college a ton. Then again, big 12 defenses can't tackle. But love CeeDee Lamb. There's nothing not to like about him. Moving on, we have the offensive line. Got to give the big boys some love. Uh, I'll give my list first. Number one, Michael on Wendu. I'm probably butchering that. I butchered it like five times before. But um, second highest graded offensive lineman as a rookie. I would say he's the best six-round pick from Michigan that the Patriots have ever taken. I can't think of another one who's that good. Um, But uh, number two, I'm going to go with Makai Becton. You know, there were concerns that I had that – because when I think a huge offensive lineman, huge tackle like that, pancake master like he was, I think of Greg Robinson who just can't move. Makai Becton has proved me wrong. He's emerged, I think, as one of the best tackles in this draft. Uh, Let me go to Alex here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think the really obvious pick for me is the guy who I've been a fan of since day one is Makai Beckton. Like you said, he's a mammoth of a man. Um, you know, he's a mauler. Uh, I think he proved a lot of people wrong with his mobility. He, uh, he isn't just a, a brick wall back there. He's able to get back and, you know, stop the speed rushers and stuff. For my number two pick, though, If we're talking about people who I think are going to have a a great career, I'm going to go with Ezra Cleveland on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, He kind of reminds me of Lane Johnson, where he's not exactly a big, you know, physical offensive lineman, but he's athletic. He's going to be the guy that you can pull around the edge for running plays, and he's going to be able to get downfield and get some blocks and stuff. Uh, I think athleticism is the way that the NFL is trending with guys that are really – how do I say this, uh, versatile still on the offensive line. Like they can, they can pull, they can move in different positions, and they're athletic enough to get down the field. And then for my number three pick, I'm probably going to go with Cesar Ruiz, even though I hate to say that because he's from Michigan for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think when you plug a guy in there around those other offensive linemen, uh, it's only a – I don't think I've ever really seen the Saints offensive line being bad. So I, I think they know what they're doing when they're drafting offensive linemen. Obviously, when you got guys like Ryan Ramsek and uh, Teron Armstead, they know how to develop guys as well. So
2: that's my three guys. Uh, yeah, I had to go with type at one. I just I, – I couldn't put anyone above him. Uh, number two, got to go Jedrick Wills for the Browns.
0: There you go.
2: Big Browns guy, yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Uh, their run game is just so good, and I think it's going to be like that consistently for years. So I think, I mean, Jedrick Wills on the uh, on that O line is going to be huge, and I, yeah, he's been very good so far. And then uh, I almost went uh, the Patriots, Michael, however you say it, but I had to go Tristan Wurst because I think he's he's a big big lineman. I think he's looked pretty good so far, and I I don't really have much to say on O
0: lineman, but. Yeah, so none of us are exactly built like O-linemen, so not too much to say. Uh, yeah, Tristan Wirfs, I was going to put him a little bit con- of concerns after the Bears game, but, I mean, yeah. that's an extremely talented Bears defense. They're going to get it every single quarterback, so not too much to worry about. i going to go with the defensive line here. We're going to go D-line here. Um, I grouped them into one. I didn't separate it into D-tackles, D-ends. Um, my guy, it's just gonna be so obvious, so bland. Uh it's Chase Young. I think he's by far the most talented player in this draft, and I don't even think it's close. Chase Young is unbelievable what he's done. He had two and a half sacks in his first two games and a forced fumble. You know, Justin Herbert, I think he's the second most talented, him and CeeDee Lamb. But I mean, we see those guys we see those guys throughout drafts every single year. We see hints of them. We don't see Patrick Mahomes every year. We don't see Aaron Donald every year, and we don't see Chase Youngs every single year. So he's extremely special. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Will, I'm going to pass it to you.
2: Yeah, can't can't bet against Chase Young. Uh, I mean, he's been he's got eight tackles, uh, two and a half sacks, a forced fumble in just three games. Um, he's obviously been top three rookie of the year for sure. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Javon Kinlaw for number two. Um, I think he is a little bit underrated. Uh, and I think I, I like how, I mean, obviously for the 49ers trading away, uh, DeForest Buckner was pretty risky, but I guess that shows how much they believe in Javon Kinlaw. Um, and then I had to go for number three, Derek Brown for the Panthers. Uh, I was really surprised that they took him over uh, Isaiah Simmons. Um, so I mean, once again, that shows how much confidence they have in him. Uh, he's been really impressive so far, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys have pretty much stolen most of my players. So I had to go for a little bit of deeper dives here. Um, one of my players I'm gonna go with is Kayla Levan Chason on the Jaguars. Again, I think the NFL—I can't stress this enough—is heading towards positionless players, where they're just gonna be able to move all around the offensive line. And Chason has the ability to, you know, bend around offensive line, but he also has power and speed. So he's a really nice guy. That you can—I feel like—move around whether he's standing up on the edge or you know, getting his hand down in the dirt. And then for the other guy I want to go with is also on the Panthers, but it's not Derek Brown is Yeter Gross Matos from Penn State. Um, he's a little bit of a different, I think he's a, he's a different edge rusher. He's a traditional four, three guy. In my opinion, he's got heavy hands and he's got some power behind him. But uh, I think, you know, working with Derek Brown, Kawan Short, and then also Brian Burns coming off the other side is only going to bode well for them. Cause all of those guys, you know, if you double-team one, the other three guys are going to have one-on-one matchups. So I think it's going to be a lot of nice production in the future for him.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, next position up, we have the linebackers. Uh, I'm going to go with Will here. What's your list for linebackers?
2: Patrick Queen, 100%. Uh, my God, he's been so good already. 42 tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. Fumble recovery and a touchdown. Uh, I think he's being a little – Uh, under-recognized um everyone obviously chase young is insane but nobody really recognizes uh patrick queen and obviously the ravens uh have a top five defense in the league so i think that definitely helps him out and then i gotta go kenneth murray for number two he's also been really good with the chargers uh i love that draft pick um 38 tackles and then chris barnes i think for number three um Nah, I gotta go Isaiah Simmons. You can't pass on Isaiah Simmons. He's been so good uh, for the, in college, when he was in college. And I think uh, the Cardinals, I think he fits well in the Cardinals, and especially with um, Chandler Jones out now. I think he, he needs to step up a little.
0: Yeah. Alex, what's your list?
1: All right, so for me, I'm going to go with the Ravens. And, again, I'm not trying to show Ohio State bias here, but I think Malik Harrison has also been a really nice pair to uh, Patrick Queen. He's a little bit of a different style of linebacker. He's a little more old school with the, you know, run thumper coming in and helping out in the run game. He uh, he, I don't think the stats are really well him, but what I've seen from him in college and what I know he's capable of is he's not afraid to get down into the box and get down there with those 300-pound offensive and defensive linemen. And, you know, kind of fight his way through the garbage towards that running back. Uh, I think that's going to be something that's going to complement Patrick Queen's pass coverage ability really nice. Uh, I think think the way that the Ravens have drafted as of late is just, you know, pairing guys and making sure people can mesh well together. For my other pick, I don't want to go back to the same well here with these teams, but I'm going to go with Logan Wilson from the Cincinnati Bengals he's been really good in pass coverage and he's also been not a liability in the run game which is something the Bengals needed desperately I think he's had I want to say three picks in the last two games I think he had two against the Jags and one on the Ravens so he's looked really solid for through his play so far and he's not one of those guys that does an arm tackle on a running back and just lets him, you know keep fighting for extra yards. He's that guy that's going to put his shoulder down into the stomach of that running back and, you know, make sure that they go down. So those are my two guys. I think they're a little bit underrated, but I think they're going to have pretty nice careers.
0: Well, I actually had four guys for this list. I had one, Patrick Queen, two, Kenneth Murray, three, Isaiah Simmons, and four, Logan Wilson. So I have nothing to say here. You guys pretty much covered it. Let's move on to defensive backs. Uh, Let me go with Will. You want to start this one off?
2: Definitely got to go with Jalen Johnson. Uh, just a popular pick once again, but uh, 15 tackles, seven passes defended. I think that that uh, defensive back duo with Kyle Fuller is is one of the best in the league. Um, and then number two, I probably got to go C.J. Henderson. He's also been really impressive. Uh, interception, four passes defended, 12 tackles. Um, situation probably isn't the best for him. Uh, But the Jaguars, honestly, the past few years have proven to draft pretty good defensive guys, even if they're going to leave in two years. And then for number four, I'm going to go with Damon Arnett. Uh, I think he's being a little overlooked, and I think uh, he's a nice combo with uh, Jonathan Abram at safety. But I know Alex is a Raiders fan. He's got to like that one. Yeah, I like that pick. The red dreads, baby. Um, so
1: for mine, I'm going to go with CJ Henderson as well. I think he was probably, even though Jeff Okuda was in this draft, he was probably my favorite cover corner in the draft. You know, he's one of those guys where he could bait the quarterback and thinking guys open and then recover immensely fast and just, you know, pick the ball off. And he's one of those guys that once the ball's in his hands, I feel like he's got that ability to make it a pick six no matter what. So I think, like you said, I think the Jaguars are not in the best of, you know, places Overall team wise, but how you said they've, they've really drafted guys well as of late on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, just for the sake of being an Ohio State fan, I have to put Jeff Okuda in there because I think he's a really good all around corner. He's one of those guys that can, you know, come up and make an open field tackle on a running back. He's not going to be someone that's just, you know, away from tackling. And he's pretty decent in coverage as well. I don't think he's amazing at one thing, but he's you know, pretty good at everything. I don't think he has a big weakness to his game.
0: Yeah, and I think we're definitely sleeping a little too much on Jeff Okuda, just because at this point, he hasn't really played up to that number three pick status. Um, My guys, though, number one, I would have to go Jalen Johnson, lowest completion percentage among all cornerbacks. Uh, Second lowest is actually Kyle Fuller. That duo is unbelievable. It's been almost unstoppable, and you got Eddie Jackson behind him. That's a really, really scary Bears defense. Um, And then my second guy, I'm going to go Antoine Winfield here of the Buccaneers. Got two sacks, a force fumbled, three passes defended. I think he's going to emerge as a really, really nice safety for that Buccaneers. That secondary was really lacking last year, 32nd in the league as a unit, as a whole. And I think Winfield, he really comes in as well as Sean Murphy-Buntley and a couple other guys. He really makes that secondary uh, a little bit special, honestly. Um, that's all of mine. I would say Jeremy Chin also we're sleeping on a little bit. Yeah. I, did, I didn't think we were doing
2: safeties, too, because I would definitely mention Jeremy Chin. I mean, he already has 44 tackles. I think he's been yeah. so overlooked. And then I'm a Colts fan. I'm definitely going mention to mention Julian
0: Blackman. He's been so yeah, good. I
1: thought, we were, I thought yeah. safety was a completely different position. I was about to, like, yeah. go in on
0: Julian Blackman. Oh, my bad. I, I was just grouping together DBs. Alex, go ahead. Safeties. I mean,
1: I'll let him talk about Julian Blackman, but another guy that came to my mind really quick who I want to talk about is, I'm going to butcher this last name, is Noah Ig- Igbonahy. I, I don't know if I said that. I probably butchered that really bad, but, but he plays for the Dolphins. Um, You know, you've already got guys out there like Byron Jones and Xavier Howard who are going to play the outside corner spots. But I think that really bodes well for Noah um, playing in the slot. He's a really good tackler and he's very physical at the line, which is something you need when you're going against a shifty, smaller slot receiver, in my opinion. Um, You know, you can't have a guy that's shying away from tackle when there's a receiver coming at you that wants the contact that's trying to get away from you. And I think that that Miami defense is a little bit underrated in my opinion. I didn't like some of the signings they made. I I didn't really enjoy the Kyle Van Noy just because he doesn't really do any one thing particularly well, but they paid him a lot of money. But, yeah, I think that defense is slowly starting to come together, and I like a lot of the pieces I see, and I think one of the most underrated spots was when they picked that corner at the end of the first round.
2: Yeah, when I watched Julian Blackman, um, I mean, he reminds me of Bob Sanders to me from the Colts. Uh, he, he's a really hard hitter. Um, and I think Malik Hooker, I don't think the Colts are going to end up re-signing him because he gets hurt every year. He gets put on IR every year. I think he's he can pretty much be labeled as a boss because he hasn't been up to expectations from Indy. Uh, so I think Julian Blackman's is going to be our piece there. And then, yeah, I agree with, on the Dolphins' defense is, is actually really underrated uh, with Howard and Byron Jones. Uh, and, yeah, Igbenogany, I think that's all it
1: is. No, you it's, said it. You said it right. I've heard it pronounced yeah. right. Hey, that was really close. I just, I'm
0: impressed. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I really say. I already touched on safeties. I would have to go with a little bit of Brown's bias. Grant Delpit is out for yep. the year. I mean, with the torn Achilles, it's hard to put him because, I mean, he's a speed guy more than anything, I'd say. We don't know how much that's going to f- affect him in the long run. I gotta put my boy. You know, I gotta show the bias a little bit. Um, that's. It I, got, I got one. I, hold on. Oh, go I got
1: one more guy I want to throw in there because I didn't touch on safety yet. Um, I was just going through my head really quick. I'm gonna go with Xavier McKinney for the New York Giants. He's out this year, but uh, you know he's been playing. I think when he before he got injured, he was playing really solid ball. And then obviously at Alabama, personally I had him rated as my number one safety above Grant Delpit um but yeah he's one of those guys he kind of reminds me of mink if it's patrick a little bit if you want to downgrade that a tiny bit where he's he's a guy that will he can he can cover he can you know he can come down and play a little bit of um nickel linebacker if you want him to but he's his best spot is that free roaming safety they can you know go sideline to sideline and watch the quarterback's eyes which is what i think new york needed back there especially with their subpar cornerback play and the iffy signing of James Bradbury. I think they needed a guy that would control that deep ball and make sure, you know, have the quarterback respect the Giants defense a little bit.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Um that's gonna wrap it up for my for our episode. Will, thank you very much for coming on. Everybody, be sure to go check out his stuff, his Instagram, TikTok, his podcast. Uh thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: You're absolutely. There. Alex, as always, it's a pleasure. And um we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys Not for listening.
2: Sure.